Hey everybody, welcome to Divine Synergies. I'm here with Jacqui. I call her Jacqui. Jackie <laughs> Ciccone. <laughs> and she's an entrepreneur, a digital creator. She writes for mom. Uh, she writes a mom blog. Um, I forgot where my camera was. She writes a mom blog called All About the Mom. And we were we're very good friends. We've been friends for years. And we were out to dinner. And she's starting a podcast. And so we're talking about, you know, I was giving her some tips and stuff. And then I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why have we not done this? Here's the good part. I interviewed her husband, Matthew, on sometime in 2018. I think it was summertime. He was bachelor number one on something better. And he was practicing he's a virtuous masculine leader and he was practicing these principles and he met so we're we're going to talk about the timeline and stuff but they have since gotten married they have a beautiful little baby boy named Ryan Daniel and he's like a nephew to me they're almost like uh family to us to Oliver and me so we were we're going to talk about her work but it was like, wait a minute, we got to talk about like the follow up of Bachelor number one from something better. So this is going to be fun today. So welcome, Jackie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. My pleasure. I just remembered that I was supposed to do um, uh, headphones. I'm going to add those in because I really heard a difference when I interviewed someone the other day who had earbuds and headphones in it. I, I forgot. I forgot how effective it is. Do you and if you have them? any, it might be helpful. Do you have any? Okay. Yeah, let me grab them. Let's do it. Um, so for anybody who's just new to Divine Synergies, let me plug these in. Um, Something Better is the podcast that I did. You can find it on Apple Podcasts. I worked on that podcast from 2017 to 2019. And I did several Bachelor interviews. And I, and I looked it up today. Uh, Matt was my first Matt or Matthew. He goes by both. He was my first in, um, 2018. So let's talk about your timeline with him. So you guys met in 2017, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, (laughs) you know, my life was a little crazy back then. And also with COVID, I just like timelines and everything's warped. Um, even though like that should be super important to me, like even, you know, our wedding got canceled because of COVID. So like, even the year that we got married, I have to like, think about it for like three minutes to figure out what year we actually got married and what year it is. I know, <laughs> but I'm pretty and, sure it was 2017. And for the listeners, Jackie's a nurse. So she was in the middle of it. Um, and I were, I forget too. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. You guys got married in 2020. Your wedding was scheduled. Yeah. 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 It was scheduled for 2019. And then, um, yeah. And then we rescheduled it and then we just ended up canceling it all together and then getting married on our friend's boat in Lake Tahoe. And it was amazing. And I wouldn't have had it any other way. And COVID like blessed us so much in the weirdest way, but um, it worked out for definitely the better, but yeah, it's just crazy how the world works and in mysterious ways. And it's like, you know, you get to look back and go, Oh, it worked out. It was meant to be. Yes. And you have, if you're on Instagram, Jackie's a digital creator and you can see their wedding day where she jumped in the lake in her wedding dress (laughs) (laughs) off the back of the boat. It's so cute. 
Okay, so let's go back. So it was like spring of 2017 that you met because I remember when I had entered around the time I had interviewed him, I already knew about you because he told us about you. So I was, I remember asking him because he was always telling us about his dates and I was kind of, you know, coaching him in a friendly way, not officially, but, and so I'd constantly be going, what about the nurse? Like, whatever happened with that nurse? Because everything that he had told me just checked out for me. I was like, she sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys met in the spring <clears throat> and then you started and you were a traveling nurse. So there was like the LA, not being in LA thing. And then you got to LA and you guys started dating, really dating when? Yeah. So <clears throat> when we first met, we met on Bumble on the dating app. Um, and we went on those five dates and I was like, just from the get-go, I was like, he's the only guy in LA that I've met that like has a shit together. Like he has a vehicle. He's not driving for Uber. He has a house, like a very lovely house. And like, he has a real job, like Monday through Friday and doesn't have six jobs. Like he has health insurance. It was like a huge, like bada bing, bada boom for me. Like he hit every single, and then of course his personality and he's so handsome and like all those other things, but I was really looking for the quality, like, you know, the person that stuck with me, I was like over the looks because they fade. (laughs) Uh, But I really wanted like my soulmate. And so when we met, I was like, yep, that's it. Like I knew that he was the man that I wanted to be with, but he just seemed to be a little bit, you know, like, I think he knew that he was, he liked me, but he, I don't think he knew at the time that like I was the one. And I think he was still like doing, it was good that we didn't end up together then because I don't think it would have turned out the same, but you know, just in hindsight, I think he was kind of looking for, you know, who knows what he was looking for at the time. I don't know if he was really ready to settle down yet. Um, And so after um, our five dates, I just kind of felt like he wasn't like, I wanted somebody to be like, yeah, and I'm done seeing other people. And like, you're the one and not realistic on like the man's perspective, but, um, that's what I was ready for. And he wasn't. And so I was like, okay. And so I took a travel contract in Virginia. Um, and as soon as I swear to you, like, as soon as I got on the road to move, like I put all my stuff in my Jeep and packed up and moved to Virginia. And he was like, I swear it was the next day. So when are you coming back to LA? And I was like, uh, probably never like I'm over it. <laughs> I don't want to be in a city anymore. Like, you know, it's not my thing. And you know, like you had your chance. And so, um, but we stayed in contact like here and there. Um, I definitely like, you know, went on other dates, but was traveling, you know, travel nursing. And so I wasn't like, nobody struck me like he did though. And Um, but I was kind of totally turned off after I felt blown off, um, and not valued, right? Like women want to be valued. Um, and like all of the emotional things that go into that, um, I'm very emotionally forward thinking, if that's a term, uh, about everything that I do. And so if my heart isn't in it, then I like, I'll like, I don't want it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was in Virginia and he called me you know, he's very much into off-road racing and he was at a race. He's going to kill me for saying this. I don't know where he was. I don't remember (laughs) if he was in Mexico or Nevada. I have no idea. I really didn't care about the conversation at all because I was just kind of, he called me because he threw up in the race truck and he was like, so like called and he wanted to tell me how amazing it was. And like, he was so excited. And I just remember being like, I was in the car with my girlfriend and I was like, 
I don't know why this guy is calling me. Like I, it's been too long. Like, I don't, I don't really care what he's saying. And, and I just was, I, I was like, okay, like, I don't know why you just called me to say that, but whatever. But he always, he says it as in like, he wanted to keep me in his back pocket. Like he didn't want to like lose me. Yeah. Okay. Um, wait. So I want to give you the, put, put a pin in that really quick. Cause I want to give the listeners the background on this. First of all, I just want to highlight that you moved on because you have, you, you practice autonomy. You have a, a good connection with God. You have self-esteem and you just went, you know what? God has something else for me. I can move on. I have the ability to release this. And that's so important because if you, I say it constantly, if it's not meant to be, there's nothing you can do to fix it. And if it is meant to be, there's nothing you can do to, to stop it from happening. So I love how you moved on. And meanwhile, we're going, you know, when I'm saying, what about the nurse? Wait, what happened with the nurse? I'm getting (laughs) details in the kitchen. So in my kitchen, so he probably, there's a chance he called you because I was like, step up. Like you, one, you might've ruined it. So lower your expectations, but like you have every right to contact her and pursue her. She probably didn't feel pursued. And so, Mm. and even still, he'd come, he'd report back and I would just be like, Oh man, you have got to, you know, like we were just so, and Oliver too. And I, so I share this with the the listeners to, to say great men have good friends and they have good community around them. And Mm -hmm. so when you're going, Oh, it must've been something I, I did, or maybe I should thank him, or maybe I didn't show enough enthusiasm like there's nothing you have to do but work on yourself because if you are you know looking to be valued and seeking to be valued for who you really are and you don't have it and you release it there's a chance that 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 guy has some good friends that are going to be like uh dude wake up like you know slap him upside the head and say you need to call her and that's what we did all the way to engagement so we even when he had the ring, we knew he had the ring. This is the funniest dinner ever. We knew he had the ring. You guys were going to Maui and you're going to have to fill in the details here. Are you going, were you going to Maui? Somewhere in Hawaii. Yeah, we were going to Maui and I definitely like didn't, well, I didn't even know when he like had asked my dad, like I didn't know anything. And I was just trying really hard to have no expectations about the engagement because like, I knew that it was going to happen. First of all, we had the conversation. Like, I'm like, I'm not moving back to LA to be with you unless like, this is going to be a real thing. Like, I'm not going to pay for an apartment that's 2000 plus a month to like live in a city that I'm not super crazy about and like make all these sacrifices and then, you know, ultimately not know where this is going. So if you're not sure yet, I'm not, I'm not ready to make that leap. I knew what I wanted, but I was like, if you, so anyway, I knew that we were going to get married, but I had no idea like, when the actual proposal would, would happen. And I really was like, not, I knew that I didn't want it to happen at like a huge event or like with, you know, thousands of people or there were so many things that I knew I didn't want, but I also didn't want to ruin it for him. So I never said anything, mm. suggested anything. Let's um, just stay there just, for a minute. You never said anything. So you knew you felt conviction that you probably were sharing with God. So it was like, you could get, stay grounded in that. And so that conviction didn't require discussion with him. 
and this is something I healed from for myself, but I want to, I want to uh, stress that for the listeners <clears throat> because I, I work with women who they call me after they brought it up and I'm like, yeah, I would have told you just really not even to have that conversation. So I just want to highlight that, that you spent time in relationship with him, feeling the vulnerability of not really knowing, but having a sturdy sense and then allowing the timeline to be his and being open and receptive to what his timeline was. Correct. Yeah. And I think also the big thing for me, as far as like, you know, being a travel nurse and I was kind of just like, I don't want to say a leaf, but I was definitely like a gypsy. Like I didn't want anything to hold me down. I didn't want any physical thing to hold me down or to like prevent me from doing something that I wanted to do or to like, um, brand me. Like I just wanted to be who I was and I wanted to like love myself. And I didn't want anything. Like I didn't want the relationship to be the value of me and who I am like that. It's separate for me. And until I found out who I was, I don't think I, I really had no intention of getting married when I was younger. My parents were divorced. They divorced and remarried each other. Um, and that's a whole nother, that could be six podcasts, but, um, you know, that really shaped like how I felt about marriage and I really value marriage and relationships. And so I was kind of like, if he wasn't the one for me, I would have left a long time ago and I'm not going to put any pressure on him to, I don't want a timeline of, you know, getting married or having kids. Um, the only thing I did know is he wanted to know which, what ring I wanted, which I was so, or what, you know, diamond shape, which I was really happy about because I've had friends that have been proposed to that, like, secretly don't like the, you know, the rock. And so, um, it wasn't about size or any of that. Like, you know, I don't have those kind of expectations. I just knew like the shapes that I definitely didn't like. And so I appreciated that he considered me, but I had, and he asked me way before he had actually proposed. And so like, you know, it's also the anticipation of like, okay, is today going to be the day? Um, but okay, and so I also, cut like, to, I'm going to um, uh, interrupt you quickly and just say, so when you guys were going on that trip in the summer mm-hmm. to Hawaii was, I, I was, that was summer, right? Cause he, and he was saying, I'm going to wait and I'm going to ask her at Christmas time. I think that yeah, was so we, plan. yeah, so we went home for, let's see, we went home for Thanksgiving. Um, my whole family's in, um, Chicago, the suburbs of Chicago. Um, and so we went home for Thanksgiving and he like definitely had some alone time with my dad, but I didn't think anything about it. Like I went shopping with my cousins. Like I was like, okay, go to your guide time, like whatever, go look at cars. Um, and so I didn't really think anything of it. And my dad is so not emotional, like not like no emotion whatsoever. And so he had asked him while we were there for Thanksgiving, but I just completely, and again, I didn't want to ruin it for myself. Like I wanted it to be a surprise. So I wasn't overanalyzing things. Like I made a conscious effort to just like, let it, let it ride. And, but I knew that it was valuable. I knew that he valued asking my dad and that he really wanted to ask him in person. Um, so I remember that I knew, I knew that for sure. But, um, but so fast forward to like the night he proposed, he asked your husband, um, it was Friday the 13th was like the day that he was planning December 13th, he was planning to propose and he realized it was the 13th. And so he had asked Oliver, like, do you think this is super unlucky? It's, you know, Friday the 13th, like how ironic. And I don't know exactly what Ollie said, but I think it was along the lines of like, uh, yeah, dude, it doesn't really matter what day it is of the week. Like, 
either either you guys are in it or you're not and so uh, it's like ironic and silly but it's just all the things how again how things line up um, oh that was just two days ago wasn't yeah it? so a couple, um, yesterday we, was December 13th yeah that's why we went to dinner with you guys last week like I wanted to I wanted to surprise him because that's the place that we that was the restaurant that we ate at the night that he proposed we walked down to the pier um and he got down on one knee okay so he asked like these random girls if they would take a he never asks people to take pictures of us ever because he doesn't like pictures but um I love Christmas lights and so he was like can you guys take a picture of us and it was just these two random like teenage looking girls and they have my phone and it's on camera mode and all of a sudden he gets down on one knee and they thank goodness they were you know whatever 18 and they flipped it to the video mode really quick and like caught it on camera um and so he proposed and it's so funny because like five minutes after you know like hugging and kissing and celebrating and five minutes after I kid you not fireworks went off in like in Manhattan Beach they do fireworks like whatever for different occasions but the fireworks went off and I was just like stunned. I'm like, did you plan that too? Like we were down at the pier at this time. And like, how did you? And so it's just like those little signs. Oh, and the coffee that we got on the way down to the pier. I think I told you this, like they had stamped a little heart on top at Starbucks, which that's not what they do at Starbucks. They just put a lid on it and here you go. And so it was just like, the guy was like, oh yeah, I've been learning how to play with foam. And I was like, okay, but like a heart on the way to get engaged. Like, it's just, it's so funny. Like looking back at how, you know, it just perfectly, it perfectly fell into place. Like I wouldn't had it, I wouldn't have had it any different. And he said to me, like literally 30 seconds after he proposed, he was like, I hope you're not upset that I didn't do this in front of like your family or my family. Um, he's like, I just felt like all we really needed was us. And I wanted it to be intimate and I don't want to leave somebody out if we did it in, you know, Illinois or only in California. And so he just was like very, I respect that so much because he was like, you know, he's like our ultimately our marriage. And that's what happened with our wedding. Like our marriage and our commitment to each other is not about everybody else or about Mm -hmm. like the show of everybody being there or, you know, whatever planning and other people involved that goes into it. So I just like, cause I had so, I've seen so many engagements that I'm like, yeah, I want to highlight I want to highlight that real quick and just um, talk about the inner stamina that it requires to allow life in and allow life to offer feedback and God to offer feedback. It's like the more inner stamina you develop and maintain, the more you kind of open, not kind of, the more you open to miracles that like the little heart on the coffee and just the, the, the fireworks and the subtle things. We had similar things. We had a an engagement that somebody caught on video too, my mom. And then we eloped like you did. And the day that we eloped, these two birds, these two seagulls just flew over our whole wedding and followed us. It was like, am I, you know, we took pictures of it and there's in the pictures of uh, all four of us at, at the day we got married, the, the birds are in almost every picture. It was just like these two birds, just how do you, mm. you don't buy that. You can't, organize that you can't hire a wedding planner to do something like that and I had such a process of developing inner stamina and accepting limitations around the person I happened to fall in love with and it was so it was so deliberate and important to me to do that and I too released the wedding realizing this isn't really 
this is for other people. My focus started to direct, get directed elsewhere. And um, it just wasn't working. And as a result, I experienced all these things that could never have been controlled or planned. Mostly because also, I, you know, I was a, a stepmom. So I was asking two little kids, like, what do you want to do? And they were like, I don't want to meet like 25, you know, like whatever, 250 people. So um, I just, I, this is so much of what I teach about is what you're describing, which is that allowing, allowing, like maybe it's not going to be what you pictured and you're not working to line it up with something you saw on Instagram. You're just allowing. And it's, it actually opens to so much surprise. Um, Okay. So that dinner that going back to what we mentioned earlier, that dinner before you guys went on your vacation, Hawaii, that was when we were, Oliver and I were like chomping at the bit. We're like, when is he going to ask her? And so I always remember this, that I remember that you got lobster mac and cheese. I don't know why I remember that. You I ate love like a mac and cheese. You ate like three <laughs> bites of it. But anyway. Um, <laughs> so, that have been too good then. <laughs> at some point you went to the bathroom and you know, we like waited for you to get far enough away. And we're like, we're like, what are you doing? Do you have, you have the ring? We were both, I was not practicing what I preach. We were both just going, we were like using this one little smidge of time. And I'm like, you cannot wait till Christmas. She's going to think. And I kept thinking about how, you know, you, at one point you almost lost her. So just, if you know, just like swoop in and ask. So but he didn't, did he? He still was so stubborn. He was like, you guys, you got to let me be. We're, he's he's like my husband's younger brother. For for the listeners, they 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 know each other through off-road racing. It is a brotherhood. <laughs> so he's kind of like my younger brother too. And we were just treating him like a younger brother. And he was like, relax, okay? And we're like, okay. And then, of course, the funniest part is like, I pretend to drop my napkin or something because you're on your way back and Oliver's like stepping on my foot and I'm very emotional. You can't, I can't hide anything. So I'm like, okay, I have to just pretend like I'm dropping my napkin. So she doesn't think I've been like verbally attacking, attacking Matthew. Hilarious. <laughs> anyway, so that was like summer. And so then he still didn't until December 13th. It's funny. Yeah, how I forget these he... details. It's funny too, like once you, again, like I didn't know what was, when it was going to happen or like how. And so when he like would, you know, after we like kind of dissected it and he would like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, he did so-and-so know and did so-and-so know. And he really didn't like, I can't even remember anybody else he told besides Ollie. I, I honestly can't think of anybody else, but he, and my dad, but he was like, you know, like even his parents didn't know, they didn't know that he had the ring, they didn't know anything. And so it's just, he obviously knew like what his plan was and how he wanted it to play out for us. And um, yeah, it's just, it's so fun to, to, to like reflect on that, you know, like, oh, and so this led you to here and, and just the whole story behind like your big picture story, like all the little details are so fun to go through and like find out how you arrived where you did um and yeah I don't know but I think also like just again knowing like who you 
knowing that that he was who I wanted to marry and I and he I verbalized to him though in the beginning like I don't I'm not here to like just date you like I want to have I don't know when but I do want to have children and like my something really powerful that one of my aunts told me when she um she was deciding between two men to marry or like who she really wanted to marry and so she made a list and she find she ended up picking my uncle but she made a list before they were married and it had I don't know how many items on there but it was her um non-negotiables and so she wrote them down and um, before they got married, she showed him the list and she's like, these are my non-negotiables. And I refuse to, to bend. I'm not going to bend or break on these things. Like these are my, you know, pretty much anything else in our lives or that come up, like I will be able to, we can work through, but she's like, these are my, and I have no idea what they, what those were, but I think that was something really powerful for me was like knowing what my non-negotiables were before, you know, and and us like going apart and coming back together, like allowed me more time to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think women do a lot more soul search personally. I think women do a lot more soul searching in that area. Um, and like thinking actively thinking about it and making like the effort, not that men are lazy. I just don't know that all men are willing to like sit in their feelings necessarily and really think about like, how did I arrive here? Or where am I going? Or how do I want to get, you know, so-and-so back into my life? Um, but I think women are, for me, I'll just speak for myself. Like I just knew that like there were certain things that were non-negotiables and I definitely didn't want to um, lower my standards just exactly. because I thought that I, you know, wanted it to be what, cause he met these five checks, check boxes, but like then wasn't willing to, you know, meet me on on this one or whatever it might be um yeah I I want to stop you and highlight that really quick because um I I, this is what I teach is setting standards and um it's it's not women's liberation it's not the feminist movement and it's actually I'm teaching a lot of women to unlearn stuff that I believe has been contaminated by feminism and I I think that it's incredibly empowering to set your standards and expect a man to meet them. And if he's not ready to, then that's an indicator to you that you probably aren't a match. And Mm -hmm. the other thing that you highlighted on non-negotiables is that I want to talk about is trust. Because a lot of women that I teach, they're trusting way too soon. And, or, or there's just a murky situation with trust. And I want to highlight that Trust is trusting the self to handle or manage the worst in this person. And so when you meet someone where the chances are very low that you'll be facing the very worst of your own fears or your own ability to trust, that's what trust is. That that's how it grows. And, and that like, that's how it's established and it grows from there. It's not like, Oh, he's so, I, I know he will never do this. It's, it's actually going, no, that's a fallible human being. And he might do something horrible, but I've evaluated so far that the chances of that are really, really low. So mm-hmm. I'm going to choose to trust him on this bit by bit path. And so, and I think that that works in combination with setting your standards. It's like, I, I allow this, I don't allow this. 
And I trust you to accept that and adjust Mm -hmm. to that. So, um, yeah, I just, I think that's really, really important. I, I think this whole, the stuff around, you know, that it's, that it's disrespectful to a man to say that he might do this or that, or he might be motivated by a different hormonal structure and, you know, to label all that quote unquote toxic masculinity is, uh, not what I teach. I I think men will get away with whatever they can. I really do. And I don't say that out of disrespect for them because I actually have a lot of respect for men and the, the moment that they're in, especially dating. I, I simply think that they're different than us. And I think denying that, that we're, we're very different creatures and we're physiologically, biologically, mentally, spiritually, I, I think it's really important to just re-enter that realm of sanity mm-hmm. and, uh, and set standards. And, and w- to women who can't metabolize what I'm saying, I just say, just set, set some standards for yourself and just go find out, at least go experiment and prove me wrong and then come back and tell me how I'm wrong. You know? Well, so. and I think if you don't have that figured out, that's why, you know, maybe like, you, you you know, you become like a serial dater because you don't actually have it figured out internally, like what you're looking for and how much you do value yourself. And so you're just looking for someone else to tell you what you're looking for instead of like, this is actually what, you know, I value and this is how I would like to be seen and valued. And, you know, this is, I am worth it. I am worth the weight and I'm worth not going out with, you know, whatever, 25 guys that are going to maybe ask me to pay for the bill. I mean, there's horror stories about like things that happen on dates that I'm just like, so glad I'm not in that world anymore. Um, But it's not easy to come out of that world either. Like you really have to commit to, you know, what you're, what you, what you want in your life. Um, Yes. I don't know how else to say that. You have to decide and you have to know what your preferences are and you have to know what your standards are. And then you have to respectfully and warmly share them and then let go, let the person go. I, it is unbelievable to me how many women I coach who are afraid to set standards and say, I prefer this instead. Oftentimes it usually takes about six to eight weeks to get them to, and I'm teaching them to, to just do it and to, to the point where it becomes a habit. So that it's not about the other person. It's just, this is what I say. This is what I do. This is who I am. And I'm teaching them to get that down pat. By the time I met my husband, I was like, this is what works for me. This is what doesn't. I could care less. I I was like, I just go on dates. I'm learning about myself through going on dates. Eventually, the chances are high that because I go on so many dates, I will meet someone that I really, really like. It was really not more than that. And so with women who are dating now, they're putting this huge amount of pressure on the actual date, lots of hopes, fear of setting a standard or saying, mm, that doesn't work for me. I prefer this instead. And it's like, it, it's, it ends up being this mental isolation that's going on inside. And so I say all that because what I witnessed in you and the reason why I kept saying to your husband, what about what happened with that nurse? Because every time I was around you, you were good air. 
you were just joyful. You had interesting things to talk about. There was a, a level of personal inner security that was clear. You made eye contact. You were warm. You're funny. I mean, we're both from Chicago. We had a lot in common that we got to talk about. Midwest. <laughs> Midwest. It was just a hearty human being who knew who she was. And all, I still, as a married peer now, I still admire your capacity for letting your husband go. Like if you dislike something that he does, if we're on a double date or something, your stamina is high. And I'll be like, wow, I'll notice it. Like how you release things. And that it's none of my business, whether you go back and handle. And by the way, it's not like he's a poorly behaved human being. He's not. But it's like, I just notice how you're breezy and I admire mm-hmm. it even now. But and you so- know, one thing that I do have to like commend him on from the very beginning, from the very, very beginning, like one of the things that drew me to him was that he verbalized that he valued respect and he re- he always wanted to be respectful of each other. And we've carried that out through, we didn't write our own vows and yes, our like our wedding was definitely different than most, but we like knew that was one of our like core things that we were not going to, no matter what disagreement we have, no matter, you know, what happens with having a baby changes your whole marriage, your whole household. It's the best blessing, but it is the hardest job. Um, But like, no matter what we respect each other, like every day. And and I want to highlight that with a little teaching moment for the listeners. And then we'll get to your, your uh, career stuff too. But I want to highlight that with a teaching moment because I can hear my listeners and they're like, but I thought you told me that I shouldn't be seeking respect from a masculine man. I should be seeking to be cherished. I want to clarify that in with regards to the inner energies that I teach and I teach harmony and negotiation so that you're not competing. And in order to, to do that, I teach women to seek to be cherished, not respected I teach them to respect a man and to receive cherishing and what, and then the man cherishes rather than respecting her first. Now, what I want to highlight is that if you respect your masculine leader, the byproduct is that he will feel cherished. If your masculine leader uh, cherishes you the byproduct you will feel is respected. So when I hear spouses talk about how they value respect first, that's what I know is happening. Oftentimes, I don't know, but oftentimes it's because that's what's happening because they understand the harmony of their inner energies. They understand that their energies and tendencies are very different and complementary, And that that respect that a woman feels is a byproduct of being cherished. Just wanted to highlight I that because I can literally hear the people who listen to me, but yes, absolutely. Respect is incredibly important. I think another thing too, that like we talk about often because there's a lot of like in our, this is just our household and our humble opinion that there's so much feminism and so much of like, almost canceling men in in our opinion, like canceling that masculinity and what like I value about him. I think what we value about each other and we like both bring to the table is embracing my feminism, but also embracing his masculinity. So like, I don't tear him down because he's, you know, a guy or like does things like a guy way. I don't want him to do things the same way I would. I don't want him to think the same way I would like, 
and there's things that happen all the time. We, we reflect on things constantly about like, you know, different relationships that we have with, with other people or like different, you know, things that come up on the news or whatever it is. And he'll look at it one way and I'll be like, wow, I never, I definitely hadn't considered that. Or like, it, it's, you're not supposed to be the same. And so I, I get really upset when, in my opinion, I feel that like people don't value the masculinity or the men in our lives or in our world. Like, yes, women are very much empowered and we have so much opportunity to like succeed and, and, and yes, women are powerful, but like men are so important too. And in the household and like having that with your family and anyway, so I just, I, I really, really value men also. And that's part of my like deep respect for my husband is like, we don't bring the same thing to the table because we're, we're not supposed to. And we love that we don't, you know, because, and he'll even like something happened last night. We went to go see the Christmas lights. Like he's like, yeah, you're right. I didn't realize that like that came off that way. And <laughs> so it's just, it's healthy and it's good to have, have that balance, you know? In, yeah. In my I'm- opinion. Absolutely. And I think you're talking about harmonious negotiation and that's what I'm I'm just passionate about teaching. And by the way, I just want to clarify for listeners too. Obviously we needed feminist movement and we needed the stability that it provided. There were women who could, were walking into a bank and they couldn't get a loan unless they had a masculine, a a man's uh, co-signing. There were tons of core supportive structures that supported women to, they entered the workplace, they became empowered. We needed all of that. The feminist movement that I'm rejecting is modern feminism and the distortion and the connection with agendas that are pushed by NGOs that get funded overnight. They go from zero to 30 million overnight. And it's like, what is this? This is a campaign and it has nothing to do with sanity and the common sense of uh, the majority of couples in the country, uh, common sense harmony, you know? So, um, I just want to say that I, I'm not going to get off on a political rant here. I'm just going to let you know that I'm not rejecting feminism. When I, when I hear you say I'm a feminist, obviously you're empowered. I, I support that completely. And I support women in the workplace and I support the necessity of the good of the feminist movement. And I don't support what it's turned it turned into in present day. And I do not consider women living alone, being really politically involved in certain agendas, progress. I don't, I don't consider lonely loneliness progress. And I was that, you know, I mean, lots of people that are listening know my whole departure from (laughs) what I used to think. Anyway, um, so let's get to what you're working on now, because I want to I want everybody to be able to find you. Tell me your Instagram so they can find your Instagram right now. Uh, My Instagram handle is Jackie Chacon. My name is spelled a little different. So it's J-A-C-Q-U-I-E. And then Chacon is C-I-C-C-O-N-E. Um, so yeah, I'm on Instagram. I started, it kind of just came out of like more of a hobby, um, digital creating. And then now it's more to like serve other, 
I would say women in general, but more so mothers is like my, not that I don't value people who don't have children, but it just happens to be more of what my niche is and what I resonate with the most. Um, I have, I'm a nurse is my background. um, And I finished my master's degree uh, right before my son was born in nursing education. So education is really another one. I have thousands of passions, but it's one of my passions is being able to provide education and, um, you know, encourage people. And so through digital creating and through Instagram, I've become really passionate about helping women with breastfeeding and pumping because I really struggled when my son was born and I've been exclusively pumping to feed him. Uh, meaning all of his meals come from express breast milk. Um, it takes hours and hours and hours of love. Uh, but I just really want to be able to encourage other women to keep going and whatever capacity they can, or if they go back to work. And so I am currently working on my lactation counselor certification just to like be more thoroughly educated and certified instead of just my own experiences. And I also, Amy knows this, but I haven't really shared it with too many people. I want to uh, start a podcast and bring on moms that are, and I want to bring you on, but um, moms that are in all different capacities of motherhood. So through having my son, I've met moms who are fostering right now and I'm very close with one of them. I'm just like blown away by her every day, but fostering uh, stepmothers, IVF and like that, those struggles that people go through or maybe adopting the second one after having giving birth the first time. It's just amazing to me how like women and motherhood really changes us um, and what we can bring to the table differently. So like for, in my opinion, it's like the birth of a child, whoever that, whether it was biological or not and how it rebirths you as a, as a woman and, and a mom, but like, so who you are as a mom, but also who you are now that, you know, you're also something else besides a mom. And I think like separating those two things is really empowering for myself and for other people like remembering that like yes this is very important (laughs) obviously very important role but like also what are you outside of that um and really just uh so anyway I want to start a podcast and bring on moms that uh are you know whatever capacity that might be in and and what they're doing with their life and how uh, motherhood has changed them and what business they're currently pursuing because through digital creating, I've just met like seriously endless amounts of moms that knowing the story of how they started their businesses, whether it's a physical product or, you know, courses that they might be holding or whatever entrepreneurship they might have. It's just mind blowing how they got there. And, you know, it's just empowering to see you can have like one little idea and then turn it into this, this huge thing. And, Mm -hmm. um, Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I was just telling Oliver now that my coaching practice is up and running and running itself. I was reflecting on 2016 when I went to Tony Robbins with a friend and it was really interesting. It was on marketing and it was for entrepreneurs and he doesn't teach all of it, but he taught one section of it. And it was on, it was this like time analysis and you looked at where your time was going. And at the time I was talking to a lot of friends and I had a lot of women that calling me and, and I was helping them 
uh, about with inner energies and with things that I had learned. And I was researching a lot of, of what I teach, but I was wanting to, to, uh, focus on my licensing career, focus on music. So I was there to focus on licensing my music and going into a new chapter of my music work. And I was getting like really angry at Tony, at the Tony Robbins workshop, because I was like, he keeps like, I was looking that this is where all my time was going. This is where all my time was going and I wasn't being compensated for it. And I was, it was just love and interest, but it was making uh, a few hours a morning available for music. And the the practice in that workshop was like, whatever that is that you're doing all the time, that's your, that's your life. That's your focus. And I mean, I just left frustrated and I, I fought it for another year until I started something better. And then as soon as I started something better, that everything has continued since. So I say that because it, it, I think so often women like what you're doing, they become mothers and they realize, wait, I have stuff to teach about what I'm doing. And it's just, it's just because it's what's pouring out of my heart all day long. And if, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think that it's so crucial to, if you're, if you end up sharing what you went through uh, when you gave birth, it's so crucial for women to know that they have an option of this incredibly important substance that your own body Mm -hmm. creates for your child, even if they can't have a super easy breastfeeding situation that the child can still have the nutrients. And so to turn that uh, um, experience that you have into a platform to, to help others and literally build the immunity of, of the children of anyone who listens to you is really huge. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us what your podcast is going to be called, or do you have a a name yet? I haven't picked a name yet. I, um, I wrote down like, I don't know, probably 20 of them in my notes section on my phone, but nothing is like standing out to me that I really like love. Um, and that's really sticking. So I haven't picked anything. So if you, uh, think of anything, send it my way, but maybe I'll help you brainstorm a name. And what yeah, time I haven't did, picked one. What time did that morsel go down for his nap? He's right just now. got he's he's just got up and like sitting in his crib waiting for me. Oh really? He's not even crying. <laughs> oh no, he cried all night last night. He was up from eleven to one thirty, so Ooh. we are exhausted. Oh. I think he's getting a tooth, so he mm. just like he was not having it last night. That's gonna be very cute. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Jackie, I'm so glad that we got to talk in this very public and more formal way. Usually we're like, and then this, (laughs) we go, we go very deep, very quickly. (laughs) Always with a glass of wine. (laughs) Yes. With a glass of wine. Always have. And that's what I love, you know, our chats in the pool. And when you guys have visited and we're like off in the corner, we're like, and we like, we knock it out, nail something very, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> crucial and then anybody that comes back like, just relaxing in the pool that's all <laughs> how is he here yes yeah, so funny mm-hmm. well it's good to see you and congratulations you. on all of your endeavors and we'll see we'll see you very soon 
Okay. Have a good day, Amy. Oh, thank you. You too. And really quick before I forget, tell me the, the yeah. link to uh mom blog, all about the mom. Is it um, all about so I'm just like a guest. Yeah. I'm just a guest, uh, like writer on there. Um, and I've only, I think I've written three or four, but, um, I'll be doing up to five a month for them. Uh, but yeah, it's called all about the mom. And then to find my articles specifically, I don't know how you would even navigate that, but it's under the baby section. So it's, it's a bunch of different tools for moms. Um, very wide range, you know, doesn't just have to do with breastfeeding, uh, but just a really good tool and um, a good place to go just see what other other moms are doing and to help each other so yeah awesome okay good I'll link that in the info okay have a good day you too Bye. bye